Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. This is a podcast all about the explosion and just the already existence of the vintage consignment resale world market, what that means for your wallet and what that means for the future of our planet. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hello, Meredith. Uh, How's it going in our nation's capital today? It's going. It's a lovely day. I'll hop right into our treat of the week. Mm -hmm. I was treating myself to some hot chocolate and I don't know when that started. I mean, we all used to like, I mean, maybe you just never stopped drinking hot chocolate, but I was at some event and they had like spicy hot chocolate, like Mexican hot chocolate, which is so incredibly delicious, but I couldn't have any because it was regular milk and I'm lactose intolerant and blah, blah, blah. So I was at CVS buying, you know, paper towels or Tide Pods and (laughs) I saw some Swiss Miss and I was like, yes, and it's so good. And I have it with oat milk and it just makes me nauseous every time, but it's very good. The oat milk, is that not a solution or it's just like that you shouldn't be drinking a whole big old cup of chocolate? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like... I it, the CVS near me is pretty sparse and they just have one kind and maybe it's because I always drank like you know they always have the like low fat low calorie this is like the real mm-hmm. like all the calories in a cup mm. plus like the richness of the oat milk but I still have no regrets well I'm happy that you're happy I have not had <laughs> hot chocolate that I can remember I have chai pretty often but that's different you know chai with milk so it's got it's kind of got that same consistency but a uh, hot chocolate itself it's been a while but there was always Swiss Miss in the cupboard at my house growing up it was it was definitely a fun treat and then you put little marshmallows on the top of it well I also love the little this pack doesn't have it but the little chemical marshmallows that come in some of the packeted hot chocolate that are like absolutely not found in nature just like little balls of i don't know what but they're very good they're they're actually kind of like the lucky charms marshmallows yeah that's what they sound like to me so they don't sound good but i know which ones you're talking about yeah they're like little pellets well let's let's make something clear lucky charms marshmallows are delicious do you think they're not delicious i do not think they're (gasps) delicious but but we've laid out this sarah doesn't like things that other kids like 
kind of situation already. Yes. Well, I don't know if it it never gets old listeners. We have a you know, we started this in April 2019, have a whole backlog. (laughs) But Sarah and I are very close friends in real life, too, not just in podcast life. And yes, she tends to be very contrarian about (laughs) things that everyone loves. Sarah's like, no, I don't I didn't like that. I'm, I'm failing to find like exact good examples right now, but I'm thoroughly unsurprised you would say that. But also horrified. I, when I was allowed to have Lucky Charms, I would pick out all the marshmallows and put them in a little Ziploc bag and then eat the cereal and then take the bag of marshmallows with me to school and just snack on them. Yeah, because then it's sort of like you have the treat twice. A treat. No, now, don't get me wrong. When I was a kid, because my parents were pretty militant until I was probably in high school and they couldn't really control what I ate anymore, but they were pretty militant about health food or whatever was considered health food at the time. And so any cereal that was like, had any sugar in it at all, or looked like it was marketed to kids because it looked like candy, not happening. So the first time I had Lucky Charms, I was really excited. You know, it was obviously a slumber party somewhere and that goes for lots of different cereals. And I was like, ew, this is so gross. Because I think my parents did the right thing in training me that it was actually very good. So when wow. I had it, I was like, I thought this was going to be a lot better. And I like, I think I've had it once. That's so tragic, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> all I wanted was cookie crisp. I don't think I've ever had cookie crisp. But no, I my parents were also very cautious and like everything we had was like low calorie all that like heavy 90s diet influenced culture 90s diet culture in a nutshell and I guess sometimes we got lucky charms I remember eating a lot of honey bunches of oats which is also so delicious um but all I wanted was the cookie crisp which cookie crisp was of course like you know heavily advertised to children violating all these like you know ethics you know, codes of conduct as all the sugary cereals had primo ad slots for Mm -hmm. children's cartoon time. But Cookie Crisp, as advertised, was I think there were two burglars who were burgling some cookies and then it was just like mini cookie cereal. Like that was the whole premise. It it was a it was a bunch of little famous Amos type cookies and then you put milk on them and that that's supposed to be your breakfast. I have had Cookie Crisp because a friend who shall remain nameless, their parents, she and her brother, they just had it was like being at the supermarket. They had so they had every sugary cereal that you would ever want as a kid. And I remember even being young and being like, can I have this? Like, don't tell my mom. But it was so exciting. And at the same time, I was like, and also very irresponsible of them. Like, I remember thinking that, like, her parents are cool, but they're not really doing the right thing here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's it's good to have a mix and not be at extremes. I, I can clock, like, in my head, though, which friends, like, had the good shit. <laughs> like, one girl who shall remain nameless, they had those, ugh, I also love these. Those, like, crackers with the little red if you want to call it a knife or utensil, quote unquote, with a little cheese, like oh, cheese yeah. with a Z. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had those. And then I had another friend who always had Gatorade, which I was, of course, never allowed to have. But she had around because she was a very serious athlete. But I was like, I'm going to just chill and like sip on this delicious sugar juice. And then, <laughs> yes, I w- you would clock, especially if you were like restricted at home or your parents were super healthy, you would totally clock like whose family had what good stuff. Oh, my God, there was this one girl... I rem- and I remember, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, dox them on this this secondhand clothing podcast in 2020 now. But um, there was this girl and her babysitter made Velveeta shells and cheese. And I was like, this is by far 
the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. I still remember it. <laughs> Before I ever had my first job, which is when my babysitting career more or less went away, you know, because I went to a grocery store to work there instead. But I had babysat this little kid from, I mean, his parents were having me babysit like a two month old. It was actually pretty irresponsible. I mean, I couldn't even drive yet. You know, I don't know what I would have done in an emergency. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I babysat him over the years for quite some time until I turned 16 and, and moved on. And I remember like, you know, at that age, you're not totally independent, right? Because your parents have to take you everywhere, but you're starting to get social. And Friday and Saturday nights were all the times where I had to babysit because that's when the adults wanted to go out, you know, and have Sarah take care of it. But I never really minded because they had craft mac and cheese. And so I'd just be like, dude, I get to just eat mac and cheese and watch TV all night. Like, this isn't that bad. No, babysitting is great. All you do <laughs> is just eat everything they own like I babysat too and yeah you think about it now and how old we were when we first started babysitting and you're like we have friends with kids like what are they left like I was we were like 12 like yeah. I mean on what planet but you know I'm sure as a parent you're tired and you end up just also being like I trust this neighbor kid and also this neighbor kid's parents are right there so like fine whatever but yeah I mean obviously the best part of the snacks oh, but yeah. what are you what are you treating yourself to this week well, whether it be garbage bags or snacks it's not garbage bags although I did just get a shipment of my hefty lavender and sweet vanilla garbage bags so all is well in the world don't worry about me everybody but uh, but and I sniffed it when I took out the garbage yesterday. But Sarah, just like huffing garbage bags. I just it's it's I listened back to how excited I was when I first told you about it. I mean, I do sound insane. I know this, but it's you just, just, sounded, it's just, you know, just one of those things. As you get older, you got to find your bliss wherever you find it. You know, like I I've said this before on the podcast. I revel in the fact I have a printer. I just think it is the, <laughs> the height of luxury. So, you know, whatever works. So probably unsurprisingly, because I'm not huge on sweets, I do have, uh, and this is not like super novel or anything, but I do have a secret love, and that is shaving Parmesan cheese, like a big old hard block of Parmesan cheese onto everything. Mm. I like I like the shaved Parmesan, you know, stuff that comes in a little container. It's already it's already been figured out for you. You know, you sprinkle on the top mm, of your spaghetti, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. But there's something very satisfying about your own block. And it can just sort of be misshapen because I'm, you know, sometimes we'll take a little little edge off with a knife, you know, here and there and just eat well, it because, by you know, you you run an Italian restaurant in your house. So, yes, <laughs> you're like, would you like Parmesan? Fresh Parmesan? Right. Like when they stand over the, oh, over the yeah. table, like, fresh Parmesan? There's just say when. There's something about that that it's just, yes. I love I love doing that at a restaurant, but I also like doing it for myself. So I have been putting it on all sorts of weird things. This morning I had a <laughs> an egg, kimchi, arugula, and Parmesan feast for breakfast. That sounds fucking delicious. And it was. Delicious. And it was. So that's, that's my treat. Big old block of parm. I hate to break it to you, Sarah. I've lost my mind. I I went on a quest and I'm I don't really know where this came from. I mean I do, but I decided I had to find the perfect black leather moto jacket. This seems like something you would have already found. You would think. I've found them many times and I've I I like totally lost my skull. Like I 
have had lots of black leather jackets, but I searched for, I wanted the Holy Grail. I wanted like the most perfect moto jacket, um, which if you go back and listen to our leather episode, we talk about sort of the history of it, but genuinely it was for motorcycles and then it was for hipsters in the, you know, fifties. And then it was cool. And leather jackets never go out of style. I wanted to address it on the podcast, one, because of my own psychosis, but two, because it is probably the number one request I get from It Never Gets Old listeners, whether they're hopping into the DMs at INGO Podcast, at Meredith Feynman, emailing us at hello at INGOPodcast.com. It's my number one request. It's like I'm looking for a really nice leather jacket, and so I definitely want to really get into it hardcore, but I don't know where this compulsion came from. And I think it's because, so I have a whole jacket closet, which has been pared down over the years, but you know, it has a denim section and a leather section and like an army green and camo section. And anyway, the point is I've always had several different black leather jackets, but never one that was like, this is perfection. Mm -hmm. So I want to go through the ins and outs of buying the perfect black leather moto jacket, which I'll, I'll save the conclusion because I came to a conclusion sort of as I went absolutely ape over the past couple of weeks doing this. I just don't know why I was like, I have to have one. Like, why don't I have one that is the one I have like four or five different black leather jackets and they're all fine. They're all nice. But like none is like the perfect one. Now, when you say the perfect one, would this be a jacket that you you know have a designer in mind or a jacket we probably have a designer in mind or at least designers that you like but is this the jacket that as that jacket closet rotates stuff in and out it would never go because it's the perfect jacket I think so yeah I think so and so this stems from a couple things so when I travel since I travel so much for work um, and play and I'm planning to travel a lot for my book tour brag better please buy the book and stay tuned on city tours would love to would love to have it never gets old listeners in the audience that would be really fun crossover I usually travel with a sweatshirt or sweater on and then a leather jacket over it and have been really relying heavily on one amazing like let's talk about like you know lower end so let me back Back up for a second. So moto jackets, this concept, it's a certain cut. It has like the snap buttons on the side. You know, I'll provide all the Instagrams and show notes and whatever, but it's a particular style. It's a classic style, something everyone's looking for. It is one of the most searched for items on any secondhand platform, any secondhand store, like a fantastic black leather moto jacket will always sell. I'll talk a little bit about selling them um, and buying them and like what to look for and whatnot, but those will always sell. So they're just a desired item in general, but you can get lots of different categories of them. So one I really like that then I almost loop back into like, okay, this is it. I'm done. It's fine. Is a secondhand Zara, definitely faux leather jacket that I got at a Buffalo exchange for $11. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. But then it just sent me off on this quest. So this was partially triggered by the fact that I found a pristine acne leather moto jacket at a Buffalo exchange in Los Angeles. The problem was it was light blue. Mm. Now it was pristine. Those jackets more than most objects on the secondhand market retain value as in like they're selling on the real real for like $9.95 and they retail for like $1,500. That's really high. And I didn't really want a light blue one. So I knew the second I wore it, got 
one scratch, the value would tank. So actually what I did was I bought it for $200 and then I went straight to the real real store on Melrose and handed it over to the salespeople. And? And they listed it for $9.95. Wow. So I'll get like, you know, $600 from that. So that, that sent me into a tizzy because I was like, all I want is this in black. Right. Like the baby blue version worked in your favor, but that wasn't actually your quest. Well, and then for a second, I was like, should I dye it? And then I was like, no, that's too much of a risk. I'm going to make this money. Anyway, okay, perfect black moto jacket. I don't know. I just think it's the ultimate staple. There are a couple I've seen that I really love. Friend of the podcast, Anne Choquette, who's the former editor-in-chief of Seventeen Magazine and the writer. She has this iconic Burberry one. It's like the, the Burberry, 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 whatever their top Burberry is. And I was like, how much? I saw it on her once, and I was like, can I buy that off of your body? And she was like, this is the one thing I'll never sell. So... There are a lot of ranges when you think about black moto jackets. You have Zara, which makes perfectly good ones. Don't you have one from Zara? Where's yours from, Sarah? The one you love. My All Saints black moto jacket is oh, yeah. is is one of my best friends. But it's it is a certain style that works well for me. And it's, I would say, let's call it mid-range. I bought it new, so I'm a big old dummy. But it was probably about 500 bucks, and I I knew that it was what I wanted enough so that it was a good investment. And I mean, I've been wearing that thing inside and out for, I don't know, at least five years, and it's in great shape. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. So the brands I like, I would say from lowest price point to highest price point that I think are making, like who are making the best moto jackets right now? Start at Zara. Zara, if you buy them new, which you don't have to, there's a ton of Zara lining resale shops. Zara makes fantastic leather jackets. I have an incredible one from their from a store in Paris. It's like covered in studs, and I haven't worn it that many times because like I, it is totally covered in studs to the point where like I will take someone's eye out, but I still <laughs> really like it, and I haven't seen it again since because I think it's really unique because Zara like stocks different styles all over the world. Like no two stores are the same, which is why if you see something you like, you got to get it. So Zara, if you're looking to like get into this game, maybe you want to not buy leather. They're at like an $100 price point, which for me personally, I'm like, if I'm going to spend $100, the, the leather jacket I could get in a resale store for that amount of money is probably better. But that's a place to start. H&M has some good ones, too. So you have H&M and Zara. So those are around like 100, 120 price point range. Then I think there is a brand out of, I think, California called Leather Jacket. <laughs> and I'll list all these brands out. But it's, yes, it's L-T-H-R-J. CKT. So like I think I have so seen they're that. fantastic and I had a friend in Copenhagen who and I was like where who makes that? That's a perfect one because I've had my eye like trying to find the ultimate perfect one for so long and it's this brand leather jacket. Those those retail for like $500. Um they're not huge a huge brand so there aren't a ton resale but there are some and those resale in the range of like $200. I think they're very very good. They run small. Then like going up all Saints, All Saints holds a ton of resale value. I'm not entirely sure why, but their leather jackets hold a ton of resale value and are very good and very popular. I have never owned one, but I know that they are all over the secondhand internet, all over the sort of Poshmark. Like Sarah, you could probably sell that leather jacket for pretty close to what you bought it for. <laughs> it's funny because I don't want to because it's so valuable to me. It's just my favorite jacket, but I have 
since we started this pod of ours, I have bought not exactly the same style, but a brown All Saints leather jacket because I just wanted a brown one. And it's also a mo- definitely moto style. They kind of all are at All Saints, but that was uh, an incredibly good deal purchase for me. I think I paid about 100 bucks, and I know that it retails new for like 600 and I felt like a queen. I haven't worn it as much because, I don't know, I just gravitate towards black. But now I have a brown one, too. Yeah, so All Saints is a really great bet. And they have stores all over, but they're all over the secondhand internet. It's interesting because you can get a lot of really, really nice secondhand leather moto jackets. Once you get into, like, the three brands that I'm looking for, of course, because my taste is offensively expensive. Like, and I don't wish that on anyone. But... A lot in the way that a lot of premium denim, which if you go back and listen to our denim episode, I I mean, I believe you should buy most things, if not all of them secondhand. But premium denim was just overproduced and thus flooded the resale market. The same thing happened with the leather jacket look like a cute moto and jeans. Both of those were lining like the Saks and the Bloomingdale's and then just like were overproduced. And so they're all over the secondhand internet and they go for not a lot. If it's not one of like the designer, 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 designers of the moment, hot, 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 highest, highest end, you can get really good prices. Conversely, a sucky thing is that you can't get a lot of money for leather jackets. I gave one... It was suede, awesome Maj one that I like wasn't getting anything for. I gave to a friend uh, like on, you know, what I call permanent loan. I was like, I'm going to forget. Like, it's fine. Like, <laughs> maybe I'll want it back someday, but probably not. So you can't get a ton of money for them. Black will always get you the most amount of money. It's just one of those items that everyone wants. Everyone will have in their closet and people will ask me about till the end of time. Um, so I really want to go into this. In addition to then like that acne jacket setting me off on a whirlwind like when I fixate on something particularly something secondhand obviously I have a this podcast you know I do this this is like my obsession my like tick this is what I do then I decided I had to find the best leather jacket that exists and the perfect one at the perfect price so we stopped at all saints then you have the acne which their black you know their moto jackets are great they are so overpriced. They retail like 1500 and they resale really high, which is why I ran to sell that one. If they are in more beat up condition, you can get them for way less. That's something that's great. Sometimes I really prefer to buy things that are beat up, like handbags or jackets, so that I don't feel about guilty about the resale value, which is crazy. But like, I just don't feel as bad. I don't want something perfect because then I'm obsessed with a, you know, idea I might have to sell it. But I would hope dear listener, that you're not nearly as obsessive as I am. So then we have Eero, which Sarah, you want to take it away about Eero? Oh, Eero. Yeah, I I want that white Eero jacket. I <laughs> haven't found it yet. I know where it is. I know exactly where it is. We could do Alexander McQueen if if necessary, you know, because that's kind of in the same bracket, right? No. Uh, you're a little higher than All Saints, but you're not like astronomical yet. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but the Eero jacket. Eero is known for lots of fabulous clothes, but leather in particular. And there was a white jacket that I saw. I think it was at Neiman Marcus, not even very recently. And I was tried it on and was like, should I just like fuck it and go for it and put it on my card? And I, I didn't. I showed restraint. I'm glad. But ever since then, I'm like, it's gonna fight. It's gonna make its way into my life somehow. Then of course, with it never gets old. The podcast. I'm like, well, now I can just 
kind of keep my eyes out all the time. Then I bought that brown one sort of recently, and I was like, okay, well, you don't probably don't need a black, a brown, and a white leather jacket, although I want them. I think that would be a nice little spread, but I've taken a little bit of a backseat. But yes, that's sort of my, it's my lust item that I've been, you you know all about it. It's been going on yeah, for a while. So, so, Eero, so acne, you can probably get resale. If you're looking for a black one, we're talking about the classic classic. They, you know, you can maybe get one on Poshmark for like 600 you're gonna have to fight some people for it. They go really quickly because again, everybody's looking for the perfect leather moto jacket. They're really nicely made. If you're ever abroad, you pay a lot less than if you do in the United States by about 30%. Um, so if you happen to be in an acne store in Europe and that is something you wanna spend on or a secondhand store in Europe and they have them, it's gonna be less. Alexander McQueen though, that's No, that's way, way, way more expensive. We're not even there yet, like on, on, our, on our mission. So Eero is out of France, really buttery, almost, I think, too soft leather jackets, but then I, you know, I had a birthday dinner in LA and my friend was wearing a perfect black Euro leather jacket just to add to like this crazy train. I was like, oh God, where'd you get that? How much was it? What size is it? Like we're similar sizes. Can I try it on? Like I just have, I just am like a dog with a bone. So Euro uh, hovers around about a thousand dollars. Some of them are a little bit more. You can get a lot of them resale for really great prices. I have looked out for a teeny tiny white one for Sarah for a long time. They run really small, um, but you can get them on resale sites for around 300 to 400 if that's what you're looking for. Just know that they run small. Then you get into like high, high-end designer who are making great moto jackets. I mean, Alexander McQueen, those are a couple thousand dollars. Got it. Those like the perfect leather motos really retain a lot of value. Maybe you could get one for a thousand dollars, but this is a classic shape and it's one that always sells. So that makes it a little bit trickier. And then you get to the Holy Grail, in my opinion, which is the Saint Laurent black leather jacket. It's $5,000. You can rarely find them resale for less than 2,500 to three grand and they are categorically insane. And I hate to tell you that the end of this story results in my purchasing a secondhand Saint Laurent leather jacket at a fantastic but very expensive price from the Ukraine. Well, okay, I the very expensive <laughs> there's so many so many so many things to parse here. The very expensive part I know that probably hurt. But is it a tragic ending to to, to the to the moto hunt it sounds like it well, ended up up well and you got the one that you wanted you just wish you it was cheaper so i paid a thousand dollars for it that is a tremendous amount of money it is. that is 10 zara leather jackets that is some rent that is a lot of different things and it is located in the ukraine it is a model of this leather jacket that i have not seen before it is heavily embroidered um, with beading, it retails for $6,500, and I haven't seen it on any resale site for less than four grand. Wow. So I put my faith in eBay. I hope it fits. This is a long and sordid tale, and I am just refreshing the tracking number in Kiev. It's in Kiev right now, in the Ukraine. Oh, man, and so this <laughs> is not in your possession yet. No, so oh, this is like... That's that's this why is this quest. is so stressful still. Yeah, because I'm, like, I'm like, Ukraine, whatever, you got what you wanted. No. <laughs> we'll, uh -uh. we'll see. 
Let's hope. So worst case scenario, I flip it for a bunch of money. And I guess I'm like, well, I guess this is like an insurance policy if I like need to like quickly sell something and make some money. And, and anyway, I feel bad, but exhilarated and like a little hot and heavy. And I just keep refreshing like the tracking number on the Ukrainian postal service system. So everybody pray for me. I'm going to be so sad if it doesn't fit. I'm going to be so sad if it's not real. But then I feel like eBay has some seller protections. I'm pretty sure it's real. But I I temporarily lost my mind. <laughs> and I wanted to offer another really great moto option that is not anywhere near what I'm spending. And that is the vintage black moto jacket. I have had a bunch of vintage black leather jackets one notable one was Harley Davidson brand that had uh, riding gloves in the pockets that I talked about in our leather episode. But there are a zillion vintage leather jackets that abound um, and you don't have to go to Kiev to find them. I have an incredible Wilson's leather one. It's interesting because it's all looping back. Uh, vintage leather jackets are really popular right now, like true vintage ones. So they're selling for a lot of money in certain places, not where I'm going to tell you to look. But if you look on Poshmark, if you go into vintage stores, I got this great Wilson's leather one in Chicago at a crossroads for like 45 bucks. It's also great. I might come to the conclusion that I have to sell this St. Laurent jacket and this Wilson's leather one and the Zara one are just what I'm going to have to deal with till the end of time <laughs> but selling vintage leather jackets you don't get much money for them but I guess tell me about your black vintage moto regular moto quest to make me feel less casually insane one of the issues with vintage moto jackets and one reason why so many brands redid them and they're popular is that they're very very heavy because they were literally for they're for riding motorcycles and the idea is if you get thrown off um, or you fall. It's going to protect you, you. Yeah, you won't, you know, you'll scrape the jacket. You won't scrape off all the skin on your arm. So a lot of those vintage ones are super heavy. So just like beware if you're buying vintage ones, try to see if they're lined or not. If you're looking online, if you're looking in stores, then you just got to try them on because some of them, like the Harley Davidson one, were so heavy that you can't even wear it. Like it, it just feels like armor, which it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's even if you like the way it looks, it might, not actually, it might be too industrial, you know, when it comes to hanging out on a Friday night wearing the jacket. Absolutely. So I would like to ask for a collective prayer that my jacket <laughs> arrives safely from the Ukraine, that it fits me, and that I have found my ultimate black leather jacket and that I never fucking have to deal with this again. <laughs> I will I will pray for you. Um, I don't really pray, but, you know, I'll do my best. And You know, light I, a candle, like whatever prayer means to you, whatever anything means to you. Just like send me a vibe. Sure. I, I think if, if this all works out the way that you hope it will, then the story has a really happy ending and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all be waiting with bated breath to find out how it does end. But listeners, tell me, where have you found an amazing black leather moto jacket? What has happened on your quest? Have you sold a bunch? Are you really looking for one? I'm still going to get questions about it. You know, I've given you what I think are the best brands. They skew more expensive, but you can really find them for less secondhand. And if you get into bidding and talking to people about them. But it's, to me, the ultimate piece in your closet. And luckily, you have me going to the ends of the actual earth to find it for you. (laughs) 
You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you'll learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane. You can ask us a question through the website. Email us at hello at ingopodcast.com. Slide into the DMs at ingopodcast at Meredith Feynman. And we will see you soon, hopefully in a really great leather jacket. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.